0: Alright, I think I'm live now. Uh, Where does somebody like me with his eclectic combination of theological beliefs and political stances, somebody who doesn't really fit any particular mold like me, where does somebody like that go to church and and fellowship and, and call church home? What are some qualities of a good local church uh, that you might want to consider for a church that you would call home? And if you're in my neck of the woods in Puyallup, Washington, where might you want to consider going to church? Those are the questions that we look at in today's episode of The Apologetics. This is Chris Date and welcome to The Apologetics, where every other week I discuss a wide variety of theological issues and show how a properly biblical worldview can help defend the historic Christian faith from its critics. Join me as we think through what we believe and why we believe it, and not something else. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Apologetics. My name is Chris Date, and for those few of you who are tuning in live, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. And if you're watching after the live show has been archived in my channel, thank you as well. Uh, Today's going to be a little bit of a um, lighter episode. Uh, We're going to be doing something a little bit different. It probably won't be uh, very long, maybe 30 minutes or so. Um, Thanks, Susan, my fearless moderator, for letting me know that uh, everything is up and running smoothly. Today, I'm going to introduce you to the the church I call home and have called home for nearly a year now. Um, Now, this may seem like a weird thing to do in a in a in a show like this where we're talking about theology and about apologetics, but there are a few reasons why I wanted to do this. Firstly, um, it was only a few months ago that uh, I, I guess it was more than that. It was a little more like half a year or so ago that I got back from a debate. In South Carolina, that left me really reeling um, for reasons that some of you who follow me will know. Um, and after that I got back home from that debate, I learned that there was at least one person at the church that hosted that debate who was reaching out to my home church to find out what our statement of faith is. Um, and it became really clear in what little interaction I had with this person that um, this was a this was somebody who was checking to see what dates church says is the statement is is its statement of faith Um, for better or for worse because I've got something of a public platform I've got a bit of a you know visible profile um, some people are interested in where somebody like me goes to church so that's one reason that I wanted to um, talk about my home church so that you people and and not not just you people that are f- fans and friends and followers of my work but also people that are critics especially people who are critics so they can see what um where it is that I call home and and what what it is that we stand for I also wanted to make this video for people that might be curious uh, about uh, uh, if they're in the neck of the woods that I live in in Puyallup Washington they might be looking for a church home and um, in fact one person who attends uh, the church that I call home and I'll be talking about that in a minute um, is actually came to our church because they were somebody that followed my work Um, and so if I can use my platform to help people in my neck of the woods find a place where they can uh, genuinely become part of a local church family. Um, I wanted to facilitate that. So that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be talking about the church that I call home, um, what it is that we stand for, why I'm so passionate about it, um, and if Nobody finds it useful. If nobody is uh, uh, appreciates this episode, no big deal. We'll be back in two weeks' time with something more meaty, um, which is something I'm a little bit more known for. Hi, James. Thanks for tuning in live. I appreciate you tuning in. So um, I'll just dive right in. Um, the church that I call home is called Table of Hope. We are a, um, uh, a relatively young church plant we officially launched in roughly the Easter time frame of this year Um <laughs> uh, Stuart says in the chat because I said fret fans friends and followers that I must be Baptist without alliteration it's funny you say that we are probably most closely aligned with a uh, a, a Baptist um w- with a Baptist denomination uh but um but no I, I I just I've been a big fan of alliteration for a long time even out regardless of uh what church circles I'm in um so it just kind of follows or it flows naturally Stuart it has nothing to do with being Baptist but I appreciate the humor that was. It's funny. Uh, so, about around the Easter time frame of this year, 2021, we uh, launched. Um, it, Table of Hope is a, uh, a, a church plant that was sent by its sending church, Discovery Church in Tacoma, Washington, um, late last year, 2020. And we were, we officially launched and and separated and became our own entity in uh, early 2021, the year that we are in now. And as you can imagine, we're still very small. We've got a lot of um, work to do in terms of developing our identity, our online presence. This is the Table of Hope website. It's just tablehope.com. Not Table of Hope, because that was already taken, but tablehope.com we're called table of hope Uh, and some of the things here we'll talk about in a minute we've got our mission statement here Um, we meet Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. we've just got the one service we're not big enough to require multiple services yet and you know we've got a pretty minimalist website for the time being. We've got an about us uh, page and and, and pages about our staff and stuff, and we'll be building. But but it's all very minimalist, as you can see here. We haven't yet fully developed this. We do have a sermons page where we have our um, uh, past archive of sermons that are all posted on YouTube. But again, we're really. Um, Uh, Thank you, Angel, for that uh, that kind compliment in chat. I appreciate it. Anyway, the point is to say our website is still very small. We're still developing, um, but we're working on it. Um, We're we're trying to be careful not to um, emphasize our online presence to the exclusion of our um, local family, but we are nevertheless trying to build it up. You can also find us on Facebook if you go to Table of Hope Puyallup all one word, Puyallup is spelled P-U-Y-A-L-L-U-P. Um, You can see it right here, and you can see the address here, and our mission, and some things. Here's a post about a uh, candy carnival that we did yesterday on Halloween night. Um, I was not able to be there, but as you can see, we had a bunch of volunteers, and our church was actually able to serve over 400 people that came to our church with their children, and and we were able to let them play some games and get some candy and and experience some fellowship. But anyway, so Table of Hope, our, our Facebook page is again it's small it's uh, minimalist but it's it's growing um so you can follow us there and then we've got a growing um archive of our sermons uh, available on our youtube channel notice we've only got 14 subscribers so we're not you, you can't actually get a custom url like youtube.com slash table of hope until you get 100 subscribers so by the way You friends and fans and followers, to use that alliteration again, of me and of The Apologetics, if you want to do me a solid, go to uh, YouTube.com and search for Table of Hope, a community church, and subscribe to our channel. Because if you can get us over 100 subscribers, we can get our own uh, custom URL, and I'd appreciate that. But anyway, we've got our sermons there. Um, You can see that we don't go back very far. This is seven months ago. It's the first one that we have on there. Whoops. Um, And... If you were to start from the bottom and go to the top, you would find that our production value is getting better and better. Oh, Star says we have, my wife is in the chat and she says we have an Instagram as well. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't Insta, I don't Gram, I don't even know what the lingo is for that. So, uh, sweetie, if you want to put the URL to our um, account on Instagram, you can put it in the chat. But, um, but anyway so in the more recent sermons we've upped our production value my wife and I are really trying to improve the quality of our um, uh, of our recordings so that you can see uh, what it is that we're uh, what it is that we're like in our Sunday services. Um, it's not that we want to encourage people to attend church from home. No, that's not church. But we do want people that are curious about Table of Hope to be able to get a sense of what we're about by our sermons uh, on YouTube. So please go check those out. Um, but anyway, that's really the extent of our, so our our online presence, except as I said, or as my wife said in chat, we're also on Instagram. Um, but let me... so. I mentioned here on the Facebook page we have our address listed, let me show you a little bit more about uh, where we're located and what our building looks like. Um, I think you can still hear me now with this video playing but we're in Washington State in the Tacoma and Seattle area this is the South Puget Sound um, and you can see that we are in Puyallup here right around the um, South Hill area Uh, so beautiful Pacific Northwest in fact here I'm going to switch to a recording I did with Google Earth and you can see how green and lush uh, our neck of the woods is Um, but as we zoom into Puyallup uh, you can see that we're at a a building called the Fruitland Grange. Um, We are still a small church plant. We don't have our own building. We rent a Grange Hall called the Fruitland Grange in Puyallup South Hill. We'll zoom in a little bit closer so you can see it from the outside. By the way, it's amazing. We're in the future now that we're able to do these kinds of things with Google Earth. Um, But that's that's the building where we meet, the Fruitland Grange. It doesn't look like much, um, but it is a place to meet. It keeps us warm and dry, which is great. Here's a picture of the inside. We're a fairly diverse congregation. We've got young and old. We've got um, majority and minority ethnic groups. Um, We've got people of all sorts of socioeconomic um, levels, all sorts of political views, all sorts of um, uh, preferences and um, opinions and stuff like that. We're, We're a very mixed group of people. Um, Now, to give you an idea of what we're about, uh, in a nutshell, I want to play a short clip of not yesterday's sermon, but I think it was the week before that, where our pastor um, read out or or explained our mission and vision. So let's go ahead and play that, and that'll give you a hint of um, kind of what we're about, and then we'll dig into a little bit more um, meat. Here we go.
1: Uh, My name is Tyler. Um, I am um, the pastor and and welcome to Table of Hope. And we are glad that you're joining us today. Our mission for Table of Hope is to use our tables to share his gospel. And it's not just some cute way that says, oh, hey, that's our name and that's what we're doing. Our real hope is to be able to share Jesus with our neighbors that need to know Jesus. Amen? Good job. We like amens. We like uh, some feedback and that kind of thing. And so I'm I'm glad that you're with me this morning. Um, The vision of Table of Hope... The reason why we're, the, the, where we're trying to go is Table of Hope wants to build an authentic community that equips people to become great neighbors. And I, cause I think neighbors don't, doesn't just happen on accident. Great neighbors don't. And if you think about like great neighbors, you know, people that are maybe in sitcoms or maybe you have a great neighbor. You know, I think about the Wilson from the Home Improvement. And yes, that ages me a little bit, but Wilson was a great neighbor. I think, about, I think great neighbors don't just happen. I think they're equipped. And I think up and Pierce County needs great neighbors, the neighbors that, that look to Jesus, who's the best neighbor, to be able to help people understand who Jesus is and to, f- to feel and experience his love. So we help people become great neighbors to share the radical hospitality of Jesus. Because, because of Jesus, we can, we, can, we can share hospitality. We're a Mosaic family that is united by the Holy Spirit we inspire love, we build relationships, and we bring restoration in Christ. And that is the that is the priesthood, that is the beauty of us as, as Christ followers, people that, that love Jesus, that we are inspiring hope, that we're building relationships, and ultimately that we're bringing the restoration that our neighbors need, that we need daily restoration. And so when you come and you participate in Table of Hope, whether it's your first time today or it's your many your umpteenth time today, Table of Hope is a place that wants to equip you to live for Jesus during the week, that we are more than just a Sunday gathering. We are are better together, and we are looking to use our tables to share his gospel.
0: So that's a, a picture of our mission and our vision. And by the way, um, I am a huge fan and close friend of, of Tyler's. Um, the reason, the number one reason why my wife and I are, um, we call Table of Hope home, is because of Tyler and his family. Um, a little, like it's around 12 years ago, 10 to 12 years ago, uh, Donald in chat is asking if we stream our Sunday services. Not yet, but that's because the Grange Hall, where we meet, does not have um, internet access, and for some reason, the cellular coverage in our area is very poor. So we just cannot technologically make live streaming happen yet, but that is something that we are working toward. So, um, uh, you know, if if you're interested in that, just keep an eye out on the Table of Hope YouTube page and and stuff, and, and you'll see it eventually happen. But anyway, um, 10 to 12 years ago, my wife and I uh, were um, starting to go to our, an old church, an, an older church that we uh, attended for many years, and, uh, and I, I still have a very uh, soft place in my heart for that church, um, and, and I don't have anything that I want to say negative here about it. Um, but I'm not. I wasn't excited as excited about it as I am table um, for reasons that we'll talk about here shortly. But anyway, when when my wife and I first became part of a small group at that old church pastor Tyler Tyler here on the video that you just watched was our small group leader him and his wife Tracia um, and in our few years that we were together at that church the the, the Tyler and his wife became um, coaches of small group leaders and we took their place as the leaders of that small group and then they got uh, elevated to the next level of leadership and we became coaches um, and then eventually Tyler's family went on to other churches and did some other things Um and, uh, you know, we, we continue to be close friends with them. Um, but they went out beyond our area to, uh, Portland, I think for a while and some other areas. Um, so, so we, we continue to go to the church that we had met Tyler and Tracia at. Um, what am I trying to say here? Oh, when, when Tyler's church, the old church discovery in Tacoma, um, sent him to plant this church he talked to my wife and me about um possibly becoming involved at table of hope and um we were immediately on board because uh because we know Tyler and Tracia his wife's hearts and they have the biggest hearts for people for Jesus for uh, for, for discipleship for hospitality they just are incredibly loving and um, warm people and they care deeply about uh, about the people that they are responsible for and so we trusted them fully and dove right in and and we haven't been let down um, the thing that you will discover if you watch any of our sermons uh, or a few of them and, and get to know us is that Tyler is by no means um, polished. He's not. Uh, he's not somebody that's going to. Uh, at least right now, he's he's still going to school and he's still developing his voice and stuff. So he'll eventually get there. But right now, he's not going to be the kind of um, uh, a powerful orator, an eloquent orator that you see in people like John Piper and, and, and others. He's not going to um, bring a congregation to tears and in conviction the way that like a Paul Washer would. Um, you know, he's he's. But, but he has a huge heart He cares about his people uh, and, um, I, and, and I have the utmost of confidence in him And I know that my wife does as well um, and that's one of the things about Table of Hope more generally is that we're not polished. Um, you're going to see us fumbling in our sermons. Um, the tech team fumbles, the pastoral team fumbles, we make mistakes. But what's so beautiful is that um, God is doing something beautiful and special in such broken and um, fallible, flawed People, um, and, and not just flawed people, but people who know they're flawed and don't try to pretend as though they aren't. Um, it, it really is a beautiful thing. So let me tell you firstly about our, uh, we, we've talked about the mission and vision. I want to talk about the state, the the belief statement, the faith statement that we subscribe to at table. This is a fairly brand new development. The leadership team at um, Table of Hope, of which I'm not a part, at least not yet, has been working on this for a number of months. And there we've just now solidified. Oh, my wife says in chat that that Tyler is a real-life person that speaks to your heart and does his best to connect with you and figure out how he can love you and help you grow. Amen. That is exactly what Pastor Tyler is all about. Um, you can't. I don't think you could find a more um, uh, loving, open-hearted, warm-hearted pastor than Pastor Tyler. Um So our statement of faith is brand new, and it's being ratified as we speak. Um, It's a very minimalist statement of faith, and that's one thing that i'm uh, that i really love about table of hope you see um the there are denominations like the southern baptists who hold to the uh you know the 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 baptist faith and message which is very long even longer are things like the westminster confession of faith and the london london baptist of faith which reformed baptist and presbyterian churches and and things like that will subscribe to um just huge statement and even even when you do have Other much smaller statements of faith than the ones I just mentioned. You still have secondary non-essentials of the faith captured in those statements of faith. There are churches that require that that say you have to be a premillennialist or a dispensationalist in order to be a uh, in order to be a member there. What sense does that make? It doesn't make any sense at all. So let me walk you through the minimalist statement of faith that we have agreed upon here at Table of Hope, um, beginning with what we believe about God. So, we believe about God that He is a Trinity. So we believe that there is only one God and that He has eternally existed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So you're not going to find at Table of Hope any sort of modalism, any sort of Unitarianism. Um, We are full-throated Trinitarian. We believe the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are eternally distinct. Co-equal, co-eternal, equally God. They all share the one substance, uh, the one divine being of God, um, standard Trinitarian stuff. And, and we're, we're passionate about that, and we're not going to budge. We're not going to um, in, uh, allow people to be members of Table of Hope who reject this fundamental essential of the Christian faith. And the same thing goes with uh, our our view of Jesus. Um, We believe that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. It's it's what theologians call the hypostatic union, the union of the divine nature and Jesus' human nature in the one person of God the Son. And we affirm that he lived a sinless life, died to pay our sin, and was physically resurrected from the dead. Physically resurrected is important. There, there is an unfortunate um, uh, heresy that is, I think, growing in some circles. In that, that says that Jesus didn't rise physically, um, and and I think that's uh, I think that's heresy, and we won't stand for that at Table of Hope. And we say that he ascended into heaven and is interceding for us. Again, standard Trinitarian. Um, uh, orthodox understanding of jesus christ we, we fully affirm that um and about the holy spirit we believe in the present ministry of the holy spirit who resides notice who resides not that resides we recognize the holy spirit is a person he's one of the three persons of the trinity so the holy spirit who resides in the hearts of jesus followers enabling them to live lives that look more and more like jesus So, again, standard Trinitarian stuff all throughout our understanding of God. When it comes to the Bible, we believe that the Old and New Testaments, as Protestants understand the Old and New Testaments to be, are the very words of God and reveal His redemptive plan through history, including everything necessary for salvation and godly living. Now, here's the first place I think where the minimalist nature of our statement of faith is going to um, start to uh, become. Clear because notice here we're not saying um, we're not requiring members of Table of Hope to affirm the doctrine of inerrancy. The doctrine of inerrancy, which I do affirm, is the view that the originals of the Bible, the original writings that the writers of the Old and New Testaments wrote uh, are completely without error. Um, And that if there are any errors in our modern texts, it's because of uh, copyist errors in the manuscript copying process over the centuries. But um, and I do believe in that. But we are not requiring at Table of Hope. We're not requiring members to affirm that view of inerrancy in order to be members. Why would we? This is not an essential of the Christian faith that that's got to be divided over. Um, that just makes no sense. Um, now everybody on the leadership team and the in the pastoral team affirms uh, inerrancy. But again, the point here is that we're not requiring members to uh, affirm a view of inerrancy even if many of us do Um, and then the everything necessary for salvation and godly living thing there that's because we um, we believe in sola scriptura Um, the doctrine of sola scriptura uh, which is a protestant doctrine coming from the reformation does not mean that the bible is our only authority that's not what sola scriptura means what sola scriptura means is that it's the only infallible um, authority and that it's the prime, uh, the prime authority against which or, or to which all other authorities must submit. Um, but but nevertheless, scripture is the final authority, the only infallible and final authority to which all other authorities um, must be subjected. And so that means that we deny um, uh, the views of the relationship between scripture and the church that are held by the roman catholics and the eastern orthodox and others which means that if you deny the doctrine of sola scriptura you're not going to be a good fit at table of hope because that's what everything that's what saying that the bible it contains everything necessary for salvation and godly living affirms so hopefully that that makes sense about human beings, we believe that human beings are created to be in relationship with God, but all have sinned, and therefore earned death. Now we're going to see a little bit more about the minimalist nature of our statement of faith because notice we're, we're not requiring members to believe that God created Adam and Eve as special creations 6,000 years ago, which by the way is what I believe but we're not requiring members to believe that our members at table of hope could believe in old earth creationism and believe that human be that adam and Eve were created a hundred thousand years ago and that maybe they were uh descendants of a pre-human humanoid race or whatever Um, or or even outright theistic evolution or or progressive creation as it's sometimes called um, where it's a full affirmation of the the uh, scientific theory of evolution um, from a single ancestor to the diversity of life that we see now again I don't affirm that I don't affirm old earth creationism either I'm a young earth creationist but the point is is that we don't require um, members at table of hope to affirm one of these views over the other and why would you? Why would a church require, as a as an essential of the faith, or at least an essential of membership, to to have a view on one of these? Uh, you know, young earth, the old earth, or evolution. It just makes no sense. And notice too that we. Um, affirm that all have sinned and therefore earned death, but we're not being explicit about what one means by death, which is uh, which, which allows somebody like me, who is a, a an annihilationist and a non-reductive physicalist, to affirm this and say that yes, by sinning and because of original sin, we deserve and have merited death as ordinarily understood. But somebody who's a dualist and a believer in eternal torment could think that death is um, separation from God. And could affirm that, so this kind of wording allows people to attend and, and fellowship at a table and serve and even teach at table, um, provided they can affirm this minimalist statement without having to affirm um, a much more full-throated uh, view. That again, why would you require somebody to affirm something super specific, and nuanced like that? About redemption, we believe Jesus died for our sins. He died to pay the price of our sin by taking our place. So we're talking substitutionary atonement here. Um, All who place their faith in him, as evidenced by a transformed life, are declared innocent because of his perfect sacrifice. So, we're affirming substitutionary atonement here, not necessarily penal substitution, although I do affirm penal substitutionary atonement. I suppose pay the price could be construed to be specifically uh, penal substitution, but I think that an, um, a substitution atonement person who doesn't affirm penal substitution may still be able to affirm that. Um, and we're saying all who place their faith in him, uh, we're saying that salvation is by faith alone, uh, sola fide. Right? We're saved by grace through faith alone, apart from works, but we're also saying that works matter and that somebody who has truly been saved, says has truly placed saving faith in Jesus Christ, will evidence the fact that they are genuinely saved by virtue of a transformed life, by, by the character of their life. So I think that's really uh, important there. About resurrection, we believe—notice, by the way, we don't say about heaven or about hell, we say about resurrection. Um, Even if you believe that human beings go into the presence of God if they're saved when they die, that's still not the final hope of Christians. The final hope of Christians is in resurrection. And we say we believe in the physical resurrection. Notice we don't allow people to play games with resurrection, meaning something other than physical resurrection. No, resurrection just is physical resurrection, but we're, just, we're not going to allow you to play games with it. We believe in the physical resurrection of believers and the lost to face judgment. Now, again, the minimalist nature of the statement of faith is coming through a little bit because you could be a premillennialist here and think believers are raised at the beginning of a thousand years, and then at the end of a thousand years, the lost rise to face judgment, or you could be an amillennialist like me and think that believers and the lost rise together to face judgment. Um, the the believers have a judgment of their works and and it will determine the degree of reward that they have in eternal life whereas the lost face a judgment that determines where they will um, whether they will well it's a judgment that results in their being damned um, which is something that we don't spell out in great detail here but we do say that while believers will live eternally with God the lost will be forever separated from him here again is that minimalist nature Um, it does uh, I've just realized it does rule out um, universalism, but again, I am not the only uh, person that is at table, and I'm not going to be able to force table to uh, be welcoming in its well, in its statement of faith to universalism, even if I personally would choose to do so. But it does this length, this way of putting it allow one to be a believer in eternal torment in which case they would think that the forever separation from God would be consciously experienced for all eternity. Or one could be an annihilationist like me and believe that, I mean, gosh, what happens when you separate a branch from a tree? The branch dies. And I think the same is true of the lost as well. So this is a minimalist statement that that a lot of people can get on board with, but nevertheless affirms the essentials of the faith. The uh, resurrection, physical, unto eternal life for believers, and judgment for the lost. And with the extra uh, additional requirement of saying that the lost will be forever separated from him there. Now, uh, Thank You Jesus in the chat says there's a first and second resurrection, right? And the answer is yes. But if you go back into my channel and watch my episode on uh, the first resurrection, you'll see what I think that means. It's not what premillennialists think, and it's not what most all millennialists think either. Um, but I'll encourage you to go watch that video so you can see what uh, what what I think it means. And then one last one I think we've got is a statement about the church. We believe the church is made up of all believers in Christ everywhere, united by the Holy Spirit. Local communities of believers exist to take the love of Jesus to their neighbors and to the world. So what we're trying to capture here is just that um, it's, it's all genuine believers in Christ everywhere is, is the church. There is no visible institution of the church like in Roman Catholicism or Eastern Orthodoxy or, or what have you. So those are our beliefs. Uh, notice it's it's again it's very min- minimalist, right? It's we we say some things about God. We believe in the Trinity, the hypostatic union, the uh, the sinless life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, His ascent into heaven, and His intercession. We believe in the personality of the Holy Spirit and in His present ministry to believers. We have a high view of Scripture, but we don't require members to believe in inerrancy, and we believe in sola scriptura. We believe human beings have all sinned and therefore earned death, uh, but we allow people to explain what they mean by or to understand death in however they understand it we believe in substitutionary atonement uh salvation by grace through faith alone but a salvation that produces a transformed life we believe in physical resurrection unto eternal life for believers and forever separated from god for the unbelievers and we believe that everybody who genuinely calls on the name of christ is saved regardless of what visible institution they belong to that's a very minimalist statement of faith but i think it captures pretty much all the essentials of the faith as I see them anyway. And that's one of the reasons why I'm a big believer in uh, a minimalist statement of faith like this and a big believer in Table of Hope whatever you believe. You could be a dispensational premillennialist, a historic premillennialist. You could be a pre rath mid rath or post rath premillennialist. You could be an amillennialist, amillennialist like me, a post-millennialist. You could be a, a futurist. You could be a so-called partial preterist like me. You could be an idealist or a historicist. You could be a cessationist or you could be a continuationist. You could be a Calvinist like me or an Arminian or a provisionist or a Molinist. Uh, I think even an open theist would be able to affirm this faith statement. And on and on it goes. You could be young earth, old earth, or theistic evolution. You could be a complementarian or an egalitarian. All of our, um, so far, we have only had um, males preach from the pulpit. And our, um, our, our pastor, our only pastor is a male. And um, and we have no intent to, uh, to bring women on as pastors, um, but there is our, our pastor is thinking about how there might be room for women to teach from the pulpit, but that's still something that is being thought through. The point is, is that we are not requiring somebody to be a complementarian or an egalitarian in order to be a member of Table of Hope, and I think that's important. I say that as somebody who leans complementarian myself. Michael New Zealand asks in the chat, in other words, you can be a Christian, exactly. <laughs> Imagine that, we, we, want, we want to just require people to be Christian in order to attend and be a member, right? Imagine that. Um, and then thank you Jesus says, can you be a flat earther <laughs> asking for a friend? Yes, you'd be wrong, um, but you'd, you'd be welcome. Um, Now, the last thing I want to talk about are um, what I'm calling the Table of Hope commitments. Um, So along with recently, in the process right now of ratifying that statement of beliefs that I just walked you through... we've also ratified six, or are ratifying six commitments that anybody who wants to become an official member of Table of Hope will have to affirm that they commit to in order to be a member at Table of Hope. And and in addition to the beliefs I just walked you through, um, I think these are valuable to look at because I think they capture the reality that um, Christianity isn't Ultimately, about beliefs, or at least it's not exclusively about what you believe. Christianity is a life. It's a it, it, it's a it's a um, it's a life that flows out of a sincere, committed trust in uh, in Jesus Christ, and the kind of transformed life that results from being made a new creation, and the kind of ongoing um, sanctification that we undergo as Christians. Um, Sorry, uh, Robert Nass Worthington says in the chat, I don't see how affirming that the Bible is the very words of God is distinct from inerrancy. God makes no mistakes, so his very words would contain no mistakes. Well, Robert, I agree with you that if they're the very words of God, God doesn't make mistakes. But somebody who doesn't affirm inerrancy could also agree that God makes no mistakes and they're the very words of God in the sense that they are the, the very words that God wanted the Bible to record. And then the question becomes, well, why did God want the Bible to record those words and not any other, and they're going to answer that in whatever way matches their convictions. Um, now, I wouldn't share that approach to understanding the Bible to be the very words of God. I would share your uh, understanding, Robert. But the point is, is why would you require somebody in order to be uh, a member of a church, which should just be your, as far as we can tell, a genuine Christian? Why would you require uh, a hard view of inerrancy for that? That just makes no sense. Anyway. So, Christianity is a life, and it's a, it's a life that flows out of a, uh, of of a uh, heart of stone being replaced with a heart of flesh and a genuine commitment to Jesus and so forth. And these commitments are, um, about as minimalist as the faith, the, the statement of faith, but they're as big as the statement of faith because we think these commitments are really important. And these are where I get really excited, at least, at least some of these commitments, and I wanted to share them with you. So, firstly, Borrowing from the language of poker, which uh, some of you may object to, but um, but borrowing from the language of poker, we require members to be to commit to be all in with Jesus. Now, if you're not familiar with that terminology in poker, um, in Texas Hold'em at least, I, I imagine this might be the case in other um, poker games as well. But in Texas Hold'em. Um, When it's your turn to place a bet, you can choose to put in all of your money that you've got left, all of your chips, Um, and that's um, supposed to either intimidate people or uh, other players to to fold or uh, encourage them to bet high so you win their money, Um, but this idea of being all in, putting in all of our chips. We're saying that's what we are committed to being with Jesus, to putting it all on the line, to giving our whole life to Jesus. This commitment, this commitment goes on. I will put Jesus first and work to become more like Him, pursuing relationships and hoping to shine the light of the gospel in every area of my life—not just Sundays, uh, not just in church, but on Wednesdays at work and at Tuesdays at the on Tuesdays at the gym, you know, on th- at Thursday on Thursdays at football practice or whatever, everywhere. We require members to be committed to being all in with Jesus. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that if one fails to perfectly live up to that commitment, they're out. It's not like that. We're all going to fail to perfectly live up to these commitments. But what we're requiring is that people are committed to it um, and and committed to working together to try and help each other to improve in how fully we um, carry out those commitments. So that's number one. I commit to be all in with Jesus. And in our membership, um, application, if you will, um, that's not exactly the right word for it. We call it a commitment sheet, but we unpack this idea of being committed to be all in with Jesus with four statements. I will love God and love others. I will trust the Holy Spirit to lead me in life. I will be discipled and equipped to make disciples. And I will follow the appointed leaders of Table of Hope. Which, by the way, is not me. I'm not an appointed leader, at least not yet. So anyway, that's our first commitment. Um, Committed to be all in with Jesus. Next, we require members to say they commit to join a Mosaic family. Now, this this is one of the places where I get super excited. I am, as many of you know, very conservative. Theologically, politically... Um, we might be able to come up with some other areas as well in which I'm conservative, but I've got strong beliefs and I, and I don't shy away from affirming those, uh, those beliefs on social media and elsewhere. Uh, but we also have people that are much more progressive in their political views, not necessarily in their theological views, although to my left, for sure. Um, but, you know, I I am almost never going to vote for a Democrat. But then there are people at table that will almost never vote for a Republican, you know, um, and, and sometimes that that causes friction. But we work together. To reconcile through that friction, and to understand where each other are coming from, even if we don't ultimately agree with one another. And it's not just politically, it's also theologically. There are going to be people that are egalitarians at Table of Hope, and people like me who lean or are complementarian. You're going to have Calvinists like me and and non-Calvinists, and on and on it goes. Theological beliefs, political beliefs... um, socioeconomic status i am fairly well off because i work in software but there are others that don't um that aren't aren't very they're, they're in poverty or just above poverty or whatever um there are people like me who are very educated and others who are not who are much more into working in the trades um, we've got a lot of white people like me, but we've also got a lot of minorities, people of color um, and, and 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 so on. We've got a lot of men, we've got a lot of women, we've got a lot of elderly, we've got a lot of youth. So this, we believe very firmly in being a mosaic family and everything that being a mosaic family means. You see, being a mosaic family doesn't mean stifling yourself in order to not hurt other people. Being a Mosaic family means working through the pain together. It means tolerating not just the opinions that other people have, but the way they affirm those opinions on social media and in life. And if one of us says something or does something that hurts each other, we don't go behind each other's back and talk about each other and complain, or at least we, we, we are committed to not doing that. We, we come together. Um, just recently, if you go scroll down through my Facebook wall, You'll see um, you'll see me say that uh, because the Democrat Party, 217 out of 218, something like that, Democrats in the House of Representatives um, voted to make abortion legal um, at virtually any stage of pregnancy and for virtually any reason. And I said for that on Facebook, I said for that reason. Voting for any member of this Molech worshiping party, this wicked demonic party, is unconscionable. And people at Table of Hope were hurt by that. I don't think I said anything wrong there. They did. But what we did was not get, um, we did not divide from each other over that. We pressed into the difficulty. I met with the people that um, that I had hurt at, over coffee, and we talked, and we didn't see it eye to eye at the end of it, but we understood where each other were coming from, we understood each other's hearts, we knew that we weren't trying to hurt each other, and I think that's really the way this kind of thing needs to be worked out. We're not trying to, or shouldn't be trying to make carbon copies of ourselves. We're, we're supposed to, we're, we're trying to tolerate lovingly each other's differences. And strive to remain united and and, and loving each other even in the midst of our disagreement and in our pain. And that's one thing I'm super, super excited about. Probably more than anything else at Table of Hope. And so this this commitment to join a Mosaic family goes on to say, I will strive to uphold unity at Table of Hope. I will do this by seeking others who act, think, and look differently than I do. And in that, under that commitment, in our commitment sheet, we we flesh that out a little bit more with three statements. Number one, I will fellowship with others who disagree on non-essentials. Number two, I will act in love toward others. And number three, and this is really important, number three, I will refuse to gossip. You know, I don't know if you have felt the same way I do, but I have felt for some time, um, and this is something that I was convinced of by my best friend and discipler, Um, There are a small number of sins that are um, Quietly accepted in the church in America at least Gluttony and and I say that as somebody who's obese myself and gluttonous myself Um, Pride I say that as somebody who struggles with pride myself but also gossip And we're not going to tolerate that. We need to, we're committed to not gossiping because all that does is tear down and we want to build up and lift up and, and, and grow together. So this second commitment is to join a Mosaic family. Our third commitment says, I commit to create environments where people can be known. And in parentheses, we have a phrase that is a favorite of our pastors, radical hospitality. This commitment goes on to say, I will strive to help create gospel space. That's space in which we live out the gospel together, in growing together, convicting one another, showing mercy to each other, loving one another, grieving with one another, uh, helping each other through difficult questions of the faith, on and on. Anything growing together in Christ is gospel space. I will strive to help create gospel space at Table of Hope and in my personal life. I will contribute to creating environments where people can be known and know others. Table of Hope really isn't the kind of place where where we want somebody to be able to come and just stay hidden from everybody. Um, We want this to be a family where um, you neither um, are encouraged by virtue of how large it is to be invisible but also a place where you don't want to be. We, we want to be a place where you want to know the other people at table and be known by them. And when we say know and be known, we don't just mean be familiar or acquainted with. We mean genuinely know them. Um, know what their struggles are. Know what their station of life is. Know what their um, their pains are. Know what their strengths are and their weaknesses and on and on and it goes. We want to, do you remember do you remember that show Cheers? Which begins with um, a line that says, uh, I want to go where everybody, or you want to go where everybody knows your name? right? the A bar like Cheers is so often a much more comfortable place for people to go than even the local church. And that's a tragedy. And I would submit to you that the reason why that's the case isn't really because people don't want to be convicted like they would be at the local church. No, 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 no. That's not it. The reason why many people feel more comfortable at a bar than at the local church is because you go to a bar and you can be who you are. And, and you can be authentic and, 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 and visible and, and, you know, you don't have to put on a fake face. We want people to be authentic and genuine and feel comfortable doing so. At table and to really know and be known by others. We want to go. We want to be a place where everybody knows your name and we are all the same like that song "Cheers" says in the sense that we are all fallen. We're all fallible. We're all works in progress, but we're all committed to showing radical hospitality to each other. A New Testament theologist, my friend Nick, he says in the chat, So would a Wesleyan, egalitarian, cigar-smoking, handsome guy be welcome? Absolutely. Um, I am not a Wesleyan. I am a Calvinist. I am not an egalitarian. I might be one day, but right now I lean complementarian. I no longer smoke, and I am not handsome. And meanwhile, my friend Nick is Wesleyan, egalitarian, cigar-smoking, handsome, and yes, he would be very much welcome. I think you'd enjoy our church, Nick. So anyway, that's our third commitment, and in our conversation, commitment sheet, we unpack this commitment with three statements. I will attend services faithfully. Notice it doesn't, it's not saying rigidly every single week. It just means you're not just showing up on Christmas and Easter. You're showing up most weeks of the year. Number two, I will participate regularly in meaningful community. Again, there's no prescription here for what that looks like the regularity the meaningfulness the nature of the community that's not spelled out here but it is a commitment to participating regularly in meaningful community and then thirdly i will pursue a deeper walk with jesus and help others do the same it's good stuff i think nick i I, next time you're in washington please do i would love to see you at table in fact i might even be able to get you to be a guest speaker we'll see (laughs) all right so anyway that's the third commitment fourth one i commit to be better together through serving here's another one another area where i'm super excited about table but let me finish with describing the commitment then i'll explain why so the commitment goes on to say i will join in the life and work of table of hope by participating and helping i will work with leadership to identify develop and exercise my natural talents and god-given gifts now, this sta- this sounds like standard fare for um, a lot of non-denom, you know, American Christian churches, and it is, but what I love about Table of Hope is that this is actually meant. It's actually sincerely meant. Now, why do I say that? Well, I have been at the, uh, um, other churches, I won't name any of them, but I have very often um, felt Um, in a certain sense of the word, unwelcome. And what I mean by that is we all as Christians affirm that the Holy Spirit is distributing these different gifts to his people for the purpose of using those gifts in the local church to edify one another. Well, one of the gifts that I think I've been given is a gift to teach. Um, And at at least one but possibly others of the churches that i have called home in the past that's maybe the one gift that there's really no room to exercise at that at that church those churches um you know maybe they have a small group ministry but the leaders of those small groups are really just facilitators they're not teachers um and they didn't have uh sunday school programs any sort of adult education where somebody with a teaching gift could teach a small group of people on a regular basis, they didn't have a uh, a place where gifted teachers could periodically stand behind the pulpit and preach to the congregation. None of that. So somebody like me, now look, I've been I've been extremely blessed by God to have had the opportunity to exercise my teaching gift and develop it in a public global ministry. You know, here on this channel, rethinking hell and others. And that has really been the saving grace for me, because it was really difficult feeling at home at a church where um the thing i 'm most gifted with, I think is the very gift i ha there's no place for, but that's the beauty of table of hope uh, I suspect that there's room to develop identify, develop, and grow. All spiritual gifts. Uh, my wife says in the chat, we have been able to use our strengths and gifts and not just be put into a role where we need the most service. Our gifts are being honored and used to the best of our abilities. Amen. Star. Amen. Um, i uh, my wife and I are, are very technically savvy um, and she is a photographer and very soon after becoming involved at table of hope i got involved with running the slides on sunday mornings you know doing the the lyrics slides and the um, sermon slides and over the months i have taken more and more ownership of that and and expanded what we're doing there and my wife has become involved in doing the videography and photography for the church, and these are, these are where our strengths are. You put me in front of a group of ten year olds to lead, a, you know, to do a, a, a youth, uh, you know, a children's church or something like that, <coughs> and I'm going to feel it's going to not be a, a great place. I'm going to be a total awkward mess. Um, but there's a place for me technologically to use my technological talents, and same with my wife, and in the area of teaching. I'm not a pastor, I'm not an elder, but my pastor and and the leadership at our church sees that teaching gift in me and welcomes me to occasionally preach. For the first time ever in 20 years of of being a 20 plus years of being a Christian and 12 years or so of doing public ministry, I'm finally able to occasionally preach. I've now preached three sermons at table, once was a co, I I tag-team preached with my pastor, and then the two since then have been um, all by myself. And I'll be preaching again all by myself on uh, November 21st, so three weeks from yesterday. Um, And there are others who are being worked into the rotation as well. Besides our pastor, there are three of us who are in the rotation, and we're working on identifying others that could also move into that preaching rotation. and and there's room for people whose giftings are in hospitality. Are um, are downstairs in the Grange Hall every Sunday morning. We've got snacks and drinks and stuff for people that um, you know may not may come hungry and thirsty and stuff like that. Um, we have uh, children's ministry where people can exercise gifts like that. Um, Uh, Depending upon your understanding of the gifts of tongues and interpretation, there might not be a lot of room for that. But, you know, the the point is, is we really are a place where we want everybody, no matter what gifts God has given them, no matter what natural talents they've been given by God. um, We want them to be able to identify and develop their gifts in the context of the local congregation where they can help edify um, everybody at Table of Hope. And I think that's an absolutely beautiful thing. So, under this gift, uh, this commitment to be better together through serving, we, we unpack it with three statements. Number one, I will discover my God-given gifts and talents. Number two, I will be equipped by leaders and elders to serve. And number three, I will develop a servant's heart. Our fifth commitment is to live generously. Um, and here again, my pastor has a favorite phrase, radical generosity. Uh, The commitment goes on to state, I will be generous with my time, talent, and treasure to help further God's kingdom through Table of Hope. Now notice what's not in this commitment. There isn't a number. There's not even the word tithe here. Here. Because what we're not about, we, we don't have a conviction that believers are required to tithe 10% of their incomes, which, by the way, is what tithe means, um, or, and, and go above and beyond that. No. In fact, there's not, even, uh, there's not even much here about committing to be generous at table. There is that little bit at the end. But the point is, we're, what we are requiring members to commit to doing is living generously. The Holy Spirit will work within the heart of the believer to unpack what living generously looks like. Will somebody donate a whole lot? Will somebody reach a point of donating 10% or more of their income at table? Maybe, but maybe they're donating hours and hours and hours of their week. I mean, I do a lot of I spend a lot of time doing post production on our sermons. Um, my wife and I. My wife does a, spends a lot of time doing social media stuff for the for the church and graphic stuff. Um, so maybe it's money but maybe it's time maybe it's talent and maybe it's a little bit to start maybe it's a lot to start but the point isn't how much the point is to live generously to have a giver's heart and so we unpack this with four statements uh, number 1 i will share in the responsibilities of table of hope number 2 i will sh- uh, i will pray for the spiritual health and growth of table of hope and number 3 i will give regularly and generously And number four, I will invite unbelievers into my life and the life of Table of Hope. So good stuff. Really, um, I think exactly the kind of posture a church should have toward giving. Uh, Donald in the chat says, I just wanted to tell you that your Rethinking Hill ministry has been such a blessing in my life. Thank you for all the hard work you do. Thank you, Donald. That means a lot. I really appreciate it. And thank you, too, for subscribing to our channel, as you said that you did earlier, to to the Table of Hope channel. Um, And I'm sure you're already subscribed to the Rethinking Rethinking Hill channel. And you said your interview with Jim Wallace was great. I love his books. I do, too, and thank you for watching that. For those of you who don't know what he's talking about, the very last episode of this show two weeks ago was an inter- interview with Jay warner wallace a um, well-known cold case homicide detective and convert to christianity who publishes books on how his skills in um, law enforcement have uh lend themselves to supporting the uh, christian faith it's really cool stuff one last commitment i commit to embracing the table of hope vision and mission beyond sundays I commit to embracing the mission, mission and vision of Table of Hope by living the gospel in my daily life. And here, the statements that we use to unpack it on the commitment sheet are, I will live a godly life. I will maintain a grace-based approach to life and godliness. Meaning, if you fall, that's where grace comes in. And you will fall. We all fall. But we are going to be committed to living a godly life, which means that when we fall, we uh, we get back up with the help of the Holy Spirit, and we continue to try, we continue to submit, and to allow ourselves to be shaped and grown and matured by the Holy Spirit's work in us. And then I will share the witness of Jesus in my community and in the world. So, uh, but so the beyond Sundays thing here is what's important, though. And, you know, and it's a nice capstone to the six commitments, with the first one having been committing to being all in. Because the commitment here is that being a Christian is really about a life of Christ following, not just on Sundays, not just um, at church, but every day and outside of the church as well. So that's all I've prepared for the show today. And I hope that it gives you a, um, an idea of where, w- the, the kinds of things that I think are really important for a local church, uh, a local church family. I'm a big believer in Table of Hope, its leadership with Pastor Tyler at the helm, um, and then other leaders that he has uh, brought on board, and I'm a big believer in the kind of minimalist statement of faith that we are requiring members to affirm. It is minimalist in that it allows for a ton of diversity, as it should, while nevertheless capturing the essentials of the Christian faith. And I'm also a big believer in these commitments that we require members to affirm because we aren't interested in just being a place where people show up to see a church sermon once a week or even less frequently than that. We want to be a place where we equip people to live the Christian life in every area of their life, all days of the week, all places. Um, And and I'm just a big believer in, in it all. So, So hopefully this has given you an idea of what matters to me. And if you are anywhere near the Puyallup South Hill area of Washington State, we would love to have you come check us out. Um, stick around for a few weeks to see what things are like. Go to the YouTube page that I showed you um, about an hour ago, youtube.com. Just search for Table of Hope Community Church. Look for that black circle logo that says Table of Hope on it, and see our sermons. And, and you can see um, you can see what we're about. You'll if you go back through enough sermons, you'll see not just Pastor Tyler, but some of the other guest speakers, including myself. And um, and if you want to ask questions. Um, just send a message to the Table of Hope Facebook page that I showed you our pastor and others will mo- They monitor that and they will respond to your messages or you can email me at the email address right there on the screen right here Right the apologetics at hotmail.com, and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have But as I said um, We are small. We don't have much of a presence yet But we're growing and we'd love for you to get in at the uh, what is it get in on the ground floor what, What's the phrase anyway? we'd love for you to to become a part of the family and, um, be a part of what I think God is really doing something special uh, in at table of hope. Um, so that's all I had Buffalo Bev in the chat says regarding the minimalist statement of faith, would you guys allow someone to preach a Calvinist interpretation of Romans nine or a dispensational version of revelation? Um, my, or or even a charismatic view on tongues from first Corinthians. So, um, I want to be careful here. What I'm about to say is tentative and provisional. I, I have not had a chance to talk at length with my uh, pastor about this to know what he would say, But I suspect that what we would say is that, yes, somebody could um preach what what they understand to be Romans nine. To be teaching or Revelation to be teaching if they're dispensationalist or 1 Corinthians 14 if they're charismatic. We would allow them to preach that provided that they explain that that is their understanding of the text, but then also explain what some of the other um, understandings are. So, for example, I have um, uh, asked uh, to preach on 1 Corinthians 14. I think it's 14. Yeah, the, the one that I just did on a couple of weeks ago on my episode on tongues. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to be given the, the the green light to be the one who preaches on that passage, but what I would do if I am is preach what I understand that passage to be saying, but I will also explain what other views many Christians have and why, what I may see as the deficiencies of those views and the strengths of mine, but encourage them to check those out. And what that means is that if you're at table of hope for long enough, you might get a Calvinist like me that you hear talk about a passage in Romans, and then a few months later from an Arminian or something like that. And so you'll get different understandings of what a passage teaches, because we're not trying to teach the congregation what the Bible teaches on the non-essentials, we're trying to equip them to understand the Bible themselves. Um, and we think that means hearing from a diversity of voices and, and, and a diversity of views when it comes to the non-essentials of the faith. You will never hear somebody get up on stage at Table of Hope and preach uh, Unitarianism or, uh, you know, or um, Hyperpreterism. Right. uh you're not going to or, or, or that the bible is just full of tons of errors or you know you're not going to get anything like that we stand firm on the essentials but you will probably hear both calvinist views and non-calvinist views both continuationist views and con, uh, cessationist ones etc etc so um hopefully that answers your question buffalo and again i think that is the way a church ought to handle it I don't think that a church should require uh, or refuse to allow um, a diversity of views on the non-essentials to to be heard from the pulpit. I think um, congregations should be exposed to those different views and given the tools necessary to be able to arbitrate between them. Anyway, hope that answers your question. Um, Thank you for those of you um, who have tuned in. And again, if you're watching this after the stream has been archived in the channel. Thank you for watching. Please do reach out if you're, if you're interested in becoming a part of table of hope, or at least checking us out, I'd love to, um, welcome you there. And, um, and we'd love to see you there. Um, and if you are not interested in that, but you are a critic of mine, um, hopefully now you get an idea of my heart for the local church and the, um, orthodoxy of the local church that I'm committed to. Um, so maybe you'll stop, uh, trying to find some way to undermine my (laughs) public credibility or something like that. Um, and maybe I shouldn't assume that that's what the person I mentioned earlier was trying to do in the first place. I'm rambling now. Um, I don't know yet what's going to be coming up in two weeks. It might be that episode I talked about in my interview with, um, J. Warren Wallace, where I said that maybe in an upcoming episode, I would be joined by my wonderful wife, who's been participating in the chat. Um, we are at some point in the near future coming going to talk about um, what we think makes for healthy marriage, um, biblically focused, Christ-centered, um, but I'm not sure if that will be two weeks from now or not. Um, But either way, whether that's what we're going to be talking about next or not, come back in two weeks' time, Monday, November 15th, at the usual time, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, for the next episode of The Apologetics. And until then, take care, God bless, and thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. I've been your host, Chris Date, and thanks so much for watching The Apologetics, where we think together through what we believe, why we believe it, and not something else. If you've enjoyed this episode, please click the thumbs-up, like icon, the subscribe button, and the bell icon to receive notifications when new videos are streamed or uploaded. Either way, come back in two weeks for the next episode of The Apologetics, streaming live on YouTube every other Monday at 6pm Pacific. Until then...